welcome to Americans in Germany drinking whiskey. This is Jeff. This is Alex. Today we're going to be talking about what it feels like when you first move to a new country. The ins and outs, the feelings, the, the anxieties, the highs, the lows, everything in between. Right. Like this isn't because I think we've gone over the logistics of, yeah. of being new, uh, new in a country. Like when we first moved to Germany, this is more kind of, yeah, like psychologically what you go through being new. And I guess we'll go uh, in depth into how we felt kind of that first year or two, especially right. those first few months. How it affects you and how you kind of try to fight through it, you know? And, and those weird changes you have to make in your everyday routine and things you don't really think about when you first move over and like, oh, I got stuff to do. So we'll discuss all of that. We've mentioned a few of these things here and there. But we're kind of putting it all together in one episode for all of you people ready to move. Right. So here comes being new in Germany slash abroad. And hello. Thank you for joining us. It is episode 132. Welcome back. It's exciting. It's Wednesday. We're about to have some whiskey, so um, I'm happy. Yeah, yeah, I'm always happy <laughs> drinking whiskey on Wednesdays. <laughs> about you? I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but we're about to drink some goodness. I, so, I, I, uh, I liked your uh, hello. That uh, you sounded very like uh, like NPR. Like, hello, hello. We are back. Right, because I want to reach out to everybody. Because wherever they are, in their car or in their bedroom or you know on the toilet, mm. I want to like be talking to you right now. Shout out to all of you pooping right now. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah, sitting in that traffic <laughs> on your lunch break, whatever you're doing. So anyways. Anyways, let's do some. Uh, good get, to be let's, here. Let's get started. It's good to be here. Let's do some news and what have yous and whatnots. I'm ready to roll. So first off is a big thank you to Taylor for her amazing five-star review. We're, 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 we're glad we make you laugh at work. Oh, yeah. Speaking of on their break. Yeah, at work. Yeah, she, yeah, she talked about how uh, she uh, kind of takes... Uh, what we say as, and use them as like conversation starters. So nice. Pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I always love when you guys send in reviews and you kind of like give some more information about like where you're listening to the podcast and yeah, yeah. It's super interesting. And exactly what kind of part of it that you guys enjoy. Cause that also helps us to kind of refine things, you know, to make it even more, more sexy. Something <laughs> <laughs> where, where you're going with that. So was I. Okay. Um, next, this actually isn't German news. I just thought we should bring it up because it kind of goes with every time we talk about kind of U.S. culture versus German culture. Yeah. One of the main things, one of the main differences we talk about is how kind of friendly people are in the States, willing to just talk to the guy next to them in line or the cashier at the supermarket. You know, you have like a 10-minute, right. which well, that's not really a thing here, you know. And so this kind of made me think of that. So um, I was online and I was reading an article there's a Dutch grocery store called Jumbo. Cool. Not, not sure if it's pronounced Jumbo, but it looks like Jumbo it's to me. Yuma. And um, they started a thing where they now have two kinds of cashier lines. They have the normal cashier line, and then they have one called their chat checkout, where the cashiers will talk to you for an extended period of time as you check out. Kind of like an American style. Wow. So it's like they have the quick one where there's no conversation if you just, and you're, and you know, just want to get out of there. But if you want like some kind of social interaction, not in a rush, they have the chat checkout lines. I think it's kind of cool. I, I, I think know. it's super cool. Yeah. I, I actually read about that as well. And uh, uh, the, some of the thing I think behind it was, especially for like elderly people who live by themselves, you know, they, they can always have a little bit of a, a social interaction with somebody where they normally wouldn't have. If you're a little bit lonely or, you know, whatever. It's nice. I think it's a great idea. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because in the States... Um, by default, if you are lonely, you can get that. You know what I mean? You can go to a right. de to a Denny's, a, di a diner, or a grocery store 
and talking to people for two or three minutes is normal and yeah. it's ex- expected, right? Here in Germany and in guess in Europe in general, in, not, I think Northern Europe for yeah, sure, not so much. So maybe that kind of aspect of German culture is actually psychologically hurting people, you know, especially older people who, do, who, div- who do live alone because when they do go out, it's this rush, 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 put all your stuff in your bag and get out of there. And they don't yeah. even get like the little interaction with the guy at the, the cashier. So someone, someone to think about it. So, so uh, maybe who knows at some point, nah, actually Germany's Germans are too into their efficiency and stuff. They would hate this, but, um, don't hate it. but I think, I think they, I think they need it. I think this is some tough love. Yeah, I, I, Germans. I think you need um, some grocery stores with some chat lines. Look, look at your cousins up north, the yeah, Dutch. Exactly. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I thought I'd throw that in there. Yeah, very cool. And also, if you would like to send a donation to us, always super appreciated. Of course, we're Absolutely. not going to beg, but you know, throw us. But give us money. <laughs> like, fucking give us money. Uh, you know, we are we are a nonprofit podcast. We spend what we make website upkeep whiskeys uh, hosting the podcast it all costs money and we don't have money speaking of that um february is coming up so um you know what that means our uh auto renewal on our podcast hosting and and our website is coming up so oh boy oh, we, got, we got some hefty uh hefty bills coming up so <laughs> yeah. if you'd like to there's a donation page on <laughs> the bottom of our website and um if you don't want to that's okay you don't have to because it's a free web it's a, a free, free website of course it is <laughs> but also more importantly a free podcast it's a free podcast yeah. we don't do this for the money we don't. We do it for, I don't know. What, what, what do we do this for? For fun. I mean, even if this mic wasn't connected into anything, I think we'd still kind of do it. Because honestly, we're just here chatting and drinking beers and drinking whiskey. So like, true. this is not the worst way to spend a Wednesday. So It's um, really not. It's, it's, it's a bad way to spend a Thursday. The hor- after. Horrible way to spend horrible a Thursday. Thursday. <laughs> we've had terrible Thursdays for three years now. <laughs> no, I think we've gotten better at managing the Wednesday. So our Thursdays are better. True. I, I, especially the past, I want to say the past year. I think we've both gotten yeah. better getting, you know, ending things not too late. You know, we're, we're, getting, we're getting older and more yeah. and, mature and wiser and wiser. Right. We're like owls, we're like mature owls. Right. You can't drink uh whiskey till 1am on a work day. You can't surprise. Not fun. Not fun. They should call us the owl boys. <laughs> why? Because we're too oh, wise. Because we're too wise boys. And we're a hoot. And we're a hoot. <laughs> Or the wise guys. <laughs> this is the worst. Okay, we're going to move on. Anyways, how you been? I didn't see you this weekend. Yeah, true. I didn't see you at all. I haven't seen you in a while. I seen you since last Wednesday. Oh, my. This is the first time, I think, since Dude, I've known you. full seven days. Where we both been in Berlin. I haven't seen you in like seven days. Yeah. Right. I didn't know if you were alive. Yeah, I know. I mean. I was calling a girlfriend. I was, I was looking for proof of life. <laughs> uh, you're not a lot. You know, I'm playing a lot of PlayStation. Just doing a lot of that. Uh, I got a PlayStation for my birthday and Christmas and everything. For my girlfriend and for my parents. And he's not talking about OG PlayStation. He's talking about uh, number about five. Number five. So I've been playing a lot of PlayStation recently. Nice. And just trying to huddle in from the winter darkness. And now it's cold again. And, you know, just, trying to, just trying to survive until until March. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> How about you? Uh, yeah, a little bit of the same. Been busy with work lately. Um, the weekend went to um, OB, bought a plant. Nice. And God, um, life sounds so boring right now. <laughs> Uh, no, but, but, but also cause you know, in winter, like Saturday, it would just downpour the whole day Yeah, I did. and it was so dark. It looked like 3am all day long. It was just the kind of day where you just didn't want to do anything. Um, actually in the, oh, okay. So we went to Obi, but then in the night went out to, um, the Kino and had to, to the cinema. Oh, nice. I saw a movie. I also watched a few of the handball world cup games. Oh, it's been fun. Is, uh, Germany winning, losing? Germany or? is three and oh. 
Nice. Yeah, yeah, they're killing it. Nice. They're not playing very good teams, and not, I obviously don't really know a lot about handball. I know nothing about handball. I, I, I do like the sport, and it's fun to watch. And you know, it's a World Cup, so and it's January, so it's fun to you know root for something local that's going on, which is that. Is that local? Is the World Cup local? I mean, like or a local sport, like, like a German sport, like it's a you know, it's a oh, European okay. sport. Okay, okay. Uh, not like the NFL, which I'm watching right now too. I mean, like a local sport, something that they play in Germany. Yes. Although American football is played in Germany, so but not, you know, okay, let's move on. Like whiskey, should we do whiskey now? I'm I'm all for it. It's nine minutes in, we're at the whiskey already. This is quick. So, oh my! <laughs> if, if if you weren't awake, you just you are so now. Wake up! This is oh, this is high alcohol whiskey. Is it how much? Hundred proof, so it's fifty percent alcohol. Oh my! Uh, wow. Okay, this is sent to us by a longtime listener, James. Hey, James. Thanks, James. Thank you. And um, he sent it like a few weeks ago, so we haven't gotten to it yet, though, because we had, like we mentioned last episode, we had a backlog of so we had a catch up. It was, right, it's first come first serve, you know, kind of a. But uh, dude, awesome! Thank you so much for sending us this bottle. Um, you've sent us way too many bottles, and it's always a surprise every time you do. So thank you. This is weird. What's this is a weird bottle? Is it okay? It looks pretty normal. So I'm gonna read it from top to bottom, every word. Okay. Okay. Hundred proof. Rittenhouse is the name of the whiskey. Rittenhouse. Straight rye whiskey. And at the bottom, it says bottled in bond under U.S. government supervision. Hmm. I don't know if that's like a throwback to maybe um, like speakeasy days where it's like this is like official whiskey. It's by the government. I don't know, I'm going to read the back. I'm going to read the back. It's been a long time. In a way, it's kind of like when you see, um, you know, the German purity law stamp, you know, it's like, yeah, this is super. I don't know. Do I want my whiskey supervised by the U.S. government? I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know either. I've never. I mean, how many rides have we had? I've or, or maybe we weren't looking, but I never saw anything about. So this, this is what the back says: government stamp. Yeah, <laughs> written. It's, it's like like it's like an FBI agent like watching them <laughs> distill this. Hmm. <laughs> mm. A little too much mass there. Uh, written house straight rye whiskey is stored. No, is a storied Pennsylvania style rye whose heritage commemorates Philadelphia's famous Rittenhouse Square, still bottled in bond under U.S. government's revision. To meet the strictest requirements, the written house you enjoy today carries forth the distinct and spicy flavor profile established long ago. It's not clear. Still not clear. I have two questions. One, there's a Pennsylvania rye. I didn't know that. Yeah, right. <laughs> two, it mentions like like um, distilled under strict uh, guidelines. What are these guidelines and how are they making it, it better? Me- Jeff, it meets the strictest requirements. But what are those requirements and how does that make a better whiskey? Jeff, it's reaching the strictest okay. requirements. Okay, gotcha. I, I have no idea what any of this means. But uh, let's look it up later. But what was the name of it again? Rittenhouse. Rittenhouse. Yeah. Sweet. From James. Okay. Let's uh, pop it. I'm ready. We, have a, we do have a plastic uh, top. Doesn't mean it's going to be a bad pop, though. Yes it, yes, it does. It's a screw. Oh, it's a twist? Oh, okay. Ooh. <laughs> But God, that was a uh, just a variety of sounds. <laughs> the depth, the depth of that unscrewing was great. Thank you. But I, I'm okay without a pop because at least it's going to be a rye, and we do like mm. we do like rye. Uh, it, I mean, it smells like a classic. God, if um, if I could just smell like this all the time, I think <laughs> it's just a good smell of a rye. Let's see if under the cap is anything. Do we win a prize or anything? No. Oh God, have you been looking under all the caps? I have it. For the past three years, could we have won several RAV4s? <laughs> Remember Surge, the old, the soda from like the 90s? Yeah. 
So when I was like, I don't know, maybe 10 or 11, I had a bottle of Surge, and on the back of the label of the bottle, there was like a scratch. If you match two numbers, you got a free prize. Mm. So I matched two fives, the first one and the last one, and I sent it in, and I got a free, this is the most 90s story ever, I got a free Surge bucket hat. <laughs> and I wore that thing with so much pride. It was like my, it was my cherished crown. I loved it. Love it. You don't have it anymore? No, if I did, it probably would like fit like one butt cheek. It was tiny. <laughs> I don't know if they knew my size, but they did. <laughs> it's probably one size fits all, I'm guessing. It definitely wasn't. It was small. Cheers. Right, cheers. <laughs> oh, that's good. Ooh, definitely 50%. You can, you can taste that little extra bit of alcohol. It's coming. But it's a good burn. Mm. Sweet. Mm. God, mm. I, have, have we had a rye that was bad? Is rise like pizza? Like there are better and worse, but there is not a bad version of either. It's yeah. Still a rye. It's still rye. It's still a slice of pizza. Come on. I think I might cough a few times this episode. That is very alcoholic, but it's good. Like it's not. It's not a bad, a bad way. Yeah, that makes you sound like you're like 18 again. We're like, it's a good whiskey. Anyways, see, you might take a deep breath. If you would like to give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts, we appreciate it. We read them. We love them, and helps other people find the podcast as well. You can do that. You don't have to. You can go um, collect Pepsi points. You can go collect Pepsi points. You could uh, <laughs> go become work in the government and uh, supervise people making whiskey. The strict requirements. Because I guess that's a, <laughs> the strict requirements. Because I guess this, this is a job. Uh, also, check out our website. It's agdwpodcast.com. Many do say it's the best website in the world, but it's hearsay. And guys, it's I, I am I, I, last week or the week before, whatever, like. I promised I was going to update it with pictures from New Year's, especially my rocket wound. I had some issues with my computer um, and with um, with uh, the, the software we use to upload our uh, website uh, bits. Um, anyways, it's going to be updated within the next week or so. So there will be some content. It's so just if you want a picture of Jeff's uh, smoking butt, it's coming, it's coming <laughs> to you. And also check out our Instagram, which is at americans.in.germany.podcast. We put stuff on there. You know it. It's Instagram. It's images. It's images of... In square format. Yeah, usually. Always. 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 Yeah. Um, especially if you look at it um, through like computer browser. It like, you know, everything shows up as like a pure four Which by three square. I think nobody does. Anyways, let's get to the topic of what it feels like when you first move to a new country. And as you mentioned, we've brushed this here or there, but usually it's yeah. kind of like... The logistics, as we said, you know, like, okay, you got to do this, got to get a, a new SIM card, this, that. But this is more kind of going over to psychological aspects. And in, instead of being more general, kind of really stick to our personal feelings and experiences. Right. Just so you guys know what we went through. And, you know, we, you know, I, I think a lot of these are pretty universal for any country or to other people. Sure. Uh, but first, um, we, we, for all of you longtime listeners, I think you know our stories, how we moved here. Uh, I'm gonna do a quick little recap, and just, like, just for the just for the new guys, just, just for the Kutzkazakt, the little yeah. nutshell there. Uh, lived in the states, didn't get a job, worked at a pizza place, had a friend from college, lived in Berlin. She said, "Come to Berlin." I said, "Find me a job." Ha ha ha. Age? I was 22, and uh, she told me there's lots of jobs, kindergarten jobs in Berlin, and I'd never been to Europe before. So I said, "All right, saved that money, bought a ticket, moved over." Rest of history. This and moved was, over with no job in place. No, just like, let's nothing, just see what happens. Just, yeah. just a friend and a suitcase. Just a friend. Oh. Just a friend and a suitcase. <laughs> and, uh, um, classic story. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, that was in uh, that was October first, twenty thirteen. Oh my! Yeah. And for me, yeah, after high school, uh, caught the travel bug. Did a lot of backpacking through Europe, which of course eventually led to hey, maybe I should try living in Europe Whoa. for a few months. Just you know, try that living abroad experience. So I have it, and ended up going to Vienna, Austria. Take some German classes. Ah, lived there for a few months. Ended up loving it. Stayed for much longer. Uh, overstayed my visa a little bit. Uh, and then um, got recommendation. Hey, you should move to Berlin. There are many more jobs for expats. You know, it's a bigger country. Economy can handle a few extra people. So I moved to Berlin. <laughs> Berlin's economy is shit. <laughs> yeah. Moved to Berlin temporarily. Um, then moved back to the States for a year just to regroup, save up some money. Came back to Berlin. And this was 2011 and have been in Berlin ever since. Um, but again, in the beginning, just meant to just wanted to try it out. Never meant to stay long term or anything like that was never a plan. Kind of same as you. It came with no job, no plan, but just like this is a life experience I want to have. Yeah, you know? exactly. And yeah, so those are stories. So the first thing is when you when you first went to a new country is that like everything. I mean, I mean, like everything, even like the pebbles on the road are just super interesting and new because you're still a tourist, you know? Yeah, even the everyday mundane stuff, like the apartments, like it's not your standard. Yeah. It's a German apartment. The plugs are different. This is different. Um, I love going to the grocery stores yeah. looking at the different, like, I was like, oh, all the brands that I know are, are most of them are not here. So I have to like find new brands or like, you know, I used uh, pig lard instead of butter for a week because I thought that was butter. <laughs> not knowing the German word for butter is butter. Yeah, I had a few of those as well where it was like, I was in that stage where like too shy to ask questions. Yeah. My German is non-existent, you know? So it's more like, yeah, that's what that is. Then you get home and you're like, that's, no, that's for, for you're wasted or whatever, you know? Um, yeah, but yeah, but like, yeah, like you said, even going to the grocery store, just grabbing some chips and some drink, like even that is like interesting. And, Fun. I, and also like the top layer of everything is this kind of language barrier, which makes everything, gives everything this kind of new, um, like sense of stress in a way. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think it's stress, but also excitement. Yeah, it's, it's, it's both at the same time. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it is incredibly exciting. Like, holy shit, I am really not in Kansas anymore. You know, I am somewhere completely new. And I've noticed what this person's saying. I remember I, I paid for everything with 50s when I first moved here. Because I didn't know, oh, just to know, like I didn't know what the what it's price. more than what he's saying. Probably, yeah. I was like, the, the, this amount of food's probably less than fifty. So I always get fifty because I don't want to have to deal with like, you know, if it's like twenty five, I give him twenty, and I say, oh, I need five more, like, and you're like, I don't know what you're saying. I don't, I don't know what you're <laughs> and saying. Then you just drop all your stuff and just run out the store. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and actually, you know how I've I've learned that a good way to to pick out somebody who's uh, a foreigner and just moved to Germany is when you're in the line. Anybody who really, when the guy talks, they quickly and they turn and they look really intently at the digital sign that yes, says the number, yeah, true. then you know that that person does not speak German and, or does not understand <laughs> it at all. And it's like, what did he say? Like, and I remember I did the same thing. I was like out of the corner of my eye trying to like, okay, 18, great. Okay, great. You know, like, because even though I could understand the number 18, it was too stressful and they say things too quickly and you're just not even, you can't even uh, at that, especially those first few weeks, like you can't even comp compute, you know? Yeah, no, exactly. Do you have, so what, besides like, yeah, like, hello and choose and guten tag, what was like your first like real like German word that you learned? Um, I, oh, sorry. That um, again, was me swallowing this burning rye. <laughs> <Like>, <laughs> anytime you hear us um, struggling to breathe, it's, uh, it's the uh, high alcohol content. But, oh, but again, 
in a good way. Struggling. Um, but yeah, actually, weirdly enough, when I was eight years old, for two weeks they taught us German. I don't even know why. For two weeks. It was like this. It was like this. It wasn't. It was like the normal. Wait, who's they? Like your aunt and uncle, or like school? No, no, at school. It was like you know, there's the normal class, and then you know, I don't know what it was. Like I can't remember, but I think maybe like somebody's family member was German. He's like, oh, bring them in for a week, and it's like you know, like when they throw together random stuff. Sure. When you're young, because like doesn't matter. Um. So for yeah, two weeks they taught us German. And the first, and I remember the first thing in German I ever learned to say was, I am a student, like, ich bin ein student or whatever. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. So that was the first kind of phrase I learned and ja and nein, I think. Um, but yeah, like later in, in, um, when I moved to Europe, yeah, I mean, what, like, it's like the basic stuff they always teach you, right? Like the, the, um, the numbers and the, um, the ordering. Cause like, like, I think you always learn first the stuff that like immediately is important to you like necessary you know what i mean yeah, which sure. is like ordering food and numbers and time and that kind of basic stuff you know because my, my first word was totally random be, because for some reason there's a lot of tailors in berlin there are tons of like every like so many tailors. street corner has a freaking uh yeah schneiderei yeah so that was my first word was endonung schneiderei because uh, i saw it everywhere and i was like what is that it's a big word it must be important and then they're like, it's just, you know, it's a tailor. Like, oh, that's disappointing. But then I made a song about it, kind of. Where I, what like, do you mean? Me and my friend who I moved, who I, moved, who I lived with, I'd be like, and an ong, and she'd say, schneiderai, and an ong, schneiderai. And it was just fun. I don't know. But that was like the first like real word I could say. And it made me learn my, my eh sound, and an ong, you know? And, and that also goes to the point we're making is like those first few weeks, those first few months, even, and especially when you don't know any German, every sign you see is a big question mark. And yep. so, you're, so you're constantly just going like, what does that mean? Especially if you What's see- What's that big B? Yeah, or you see like a word, yeah, like the- The S set. The S set, yeah, um, the double S. Uh, or just like, yeah, just anytime you see a word used more than once on a sign, you're kind of like, okay, I've heard that before. Okay, what is that? And you're kind of, and especially the first few months I lived here, on my phone, I was constantly like, like genau. Genau is a word, in, which means exactly. And then conversation here, Genau, 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 all the time. And yes. So those kinds of words, I'd be like, of course, not knowing how to spell them. But I'm like writing them down so that way when I get home later, Smart. I can Google it and be like, ah, like, and then now suddenly it's like one third of German conversation I understand. Like, I mean, I, I, I always made a joke my first like few months here that the only thing you need to know German is like, genau, ach so, and na klar. Because I listen to a conversation like, I was, yeah, yeah, genau, genau, ach so, ah, na klar, na klar, yeah, genau. That's all I would hear. I was like, that's, that's easy. I can yeah, if you throw in an ach so in a conversation, oh man, like you're like, in the know. Germans would be like, well, you've been around. This you know? guy, Germans. But like generally, like everything is just, you know, really awkward. And I think especially like how you look as well, because you don't really look like a Berliner yet. Well, that's thing is because like those first few months, you can't really even say you live in Germany or in a, cause like those first few months, let's be honest. Like we all are still tourists because like you, everything's so new. Like we said, yeah. you're still doing the touristy stuff. You're still going to the Brandenburg gate and, and taking the pictures and stuff. And you're still going to the Reichstag and you're still, and so it's, you're still very much not living a normal life. If you know what I mean? Like yeah, sure. you're very, it's very much like an extended vacation. You know what I mean? Um, and that's why, like you said, because you're still, and so you're not taking any time to really to fit in or you're still wearing the clothes you used to wear and talking the way you used to talk and doing, you know, like, because you haven't really absorbed anything yet. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're and, still yourself in this foreign land and there's still like kind of a wall between you two. You know what I mean? For sure. And it's like something I noticed at work, like some of the people who are new, who like just moved to Berlin like a year or two ago, 
and you kind of see like, oh, like their hair's a bit different now, or like, oh, they're wearing different clothes. Like people start like looking more like they live in Berlin as as time goes on. I think it usually takes like a year and a half. And everyone just changes how they look. It's it's super funny. But it's not because people feel like they have to to fit in because Berlin, um, I guess we could rest as Germany, but Berlin is definitely a place where you can act and dress any way you want and nobody gives a shit. I think that's I think it. Berlin, I think it's more like I can actually wear what I want to wear and be what I want to be I think without having to worry about it because it's such a free Absolutely. city. Absolutely. It's, 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 it's beautiful. It's, the, it's more the inspiration that's changing people like yes. of seeing what everyone else is doing and like, oh, wow, like that person, like I never even thought of that, like mixing this and this or doing that and that. I mean, like when I first moved to Germany, um, you know, I was going on a lot of websites and I was getting so much weird information like uh, Germans don't wear jeans, never wear jeans. Yeah. Of course, you move to Germany, like everywhere is jeans or and also uh, Germans don't wear backpacks. You have to get the over the shoulder satchel. And so I bought myself the satchel. You were reading articles, I think, from like people who learn about stereotypes yeah. about Europe and then just kind of rolled with it and well, saying as so fact. To be fair, and my dad listened to the show. So dad, I know you're listening. He's the one who told me he's like, no backpacks. They do the satchel and he's recommended I do the satchel. So I got a satchel and I remember my like I landed and then like a week later started my first language course and first hour, first second of that course on my way to the school, I just saw a million Berliners with backpacks. And Everyone I, has a backpack. I, I know, but but again, when you're when you're coming so fresh, even things like that, you just you don't know. Like you no, know, and like yeah, like honestly, that I think that's something that that people don't talk about enough is that awkwardness. You know, you're going to a party or to a bar with people you don't know in a weird city in a weird language with international people, and you're this new guy. And everyone knows your news. Everyone's asking you a million questions. It's just like, it just, it's just like, honestly, it's, it's super duper. It's, su- it's everything that's negative. There's a huge positive as well. Like it's super awkward, but again, incredibly exciting. Yeah. And that's the positive side of the awkwardness is because, because like now nobody cares that we've moved to Berlin or that we're Americans. Right. But those first, no. first, first few months, oh, you just moved here. People are interested. Why'd you move here? What do you plan on doing? You know, everyone wants to talk to you. So that's the positive awkwardness is the attention. But the negative awkwardness is, God, those first few months, honestly, I went to plenty of parties that I bugged out early because I showed up, you know, like maybe you met a friend through your German class. So you barely know him. You come to to this party. It's like 99% Germans. They're all speaking German, of course. And you can, again, you can order a freaking. uh, you know, brought for us. That's it. You know, <laughs> so you're slowly getting kind of pushed out of the circle. You don't understand anybody and you find yourself kind of standing in the corner, you know, like, and then after like an hour or two, you're like, ah, I'm getting out of here. Like you just, you feel so embarrassed that like, ah, my, yeah. I wish my language skills you were like better. crawl out of your own skin for a little bit. Exactly. And I had so many parties like that. And there were some times where if I knew it, I was the only like non German speaker at going to be at the party. Like I would make up a lie and not go. I'll be honest because because Germans and and this is the right thing to do is like they don't they are not gonna all speak English for you if it's ten people and it, which is fair you know what I mean totally fair um and I don't want to put anybody in that spot so but I also don't want to be there for three hours not understanding anything and yeah. so like it, which is hard because also you want to meet people and so but yeah that uh, so I think the the language barrier creates a lot of awkwardness hundred percent and it just yeah every, everything is just super awkward for a long time and. Even now, some things are still awkward after nine years of being here. It's just, it just is what it is. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We're still, we're still foreigners. We're still immigrants. You know, things are just, you know, we're not, we're not 
boring. Things are just always awkward, or it can be always be awkward, but way less, way more manageable as opposed to those first like six months where everything just feels weird and awkward and dumb. Yeah, and again, I mean, like I, you were in a like kind of um, um, you had a kind of a lucky situation because you moved yeah. here and you immediately had this friend of yours right. to live with who you'd known previously, right? And that's kind of like a nice um, conduit to meeting other people and stuff. For sure. But for like me and other people who moved here not knowing a single person, whether you moved to Berlin or Tokyo or wherever, it's rough. Because like you're, you're leaving wherever your home is. You've got your friends, you've got your family there. And you have comfort. Comfort. Comfort, exactly. Emotional comfort as well. Yeah, and I used to tell people like, one of the reasons I moved to Germany is because living in the US was easy. Easy in the sense that because I lived there so long, I, I know how things work. I know what's going to happen. I know the process for everything. Right. You move to Germany, every day is a challenge in a kind of a positive way because you don't know how anything works. You know, like, yeah, and it makes life super interesting. So yeah. with all like these and, awkwardness and, and negativity, it, it can be annoying, of yeah. course. But I think in generally, uh, it helps you grow as a person for sure. It helps you show how resilient you are as a person as well, you know? True, if you make it. Um, because right. I, I know I moved the same time around the same time as a lot of people, other people like I had met at my, um, at my like German, German course or whatever, they had moved roughly the same time. But after two or three months, these people bugged out and went back home. You know what I mean? Um, right. Yeah. Because, and I'm not saying that's wrong, but you know, you had people like, again, they just, they, some people that you, you can't, it's hard to push to pass that loneliness or that feeling of, of that feeling of being foreign to everything. You know, some people it's just too much. And after three or four months, they leave. Um, which I think is unfortunate because again, you're still in that touristy phase. You haven't really experienced living in that country yet, you know? Right. You know, but the, the, the kind of other side of that is if you do have like a few friends you meet who have been here for a bit, you're kind of like that new interesting person, right? True. Yeah. You're, you're brand new and everyone's like, Oh, what's your, like, what's your deal, man? Why did you come to the city that we all moved here to? And I think people, I think people in Berlin, I mean, most people you're going to meet probably did not grow up in Berlin. So even Germans, yeah, even Germans. Yeah. So everyone came here for a reason. I think people are generally interested in why you came to the city. Cause a lot of people live here, like, like love the city. And I think it's really interesting to hear like what brought you to the city that I love. And now we have an automatic shared interest right there, just being in that city. Yeah. And then you become like an interesting new person, which is also really fun. Totally. It's if a, you don't mind being a center of attention a yeah, little bit. It, you know, it's, it's a great, it's a great talking point. Like, and I would say utilize that, you know, cause those first few months I was here, um, you know, I'd meet people through Facebook or stuff. I'd post into, you know, the, um, whatever group in Berlin, you know, like, Hey guys, who wants to go play ping pong? You meet some people who already live here. And then through them, they invite you out to, to meet their friends. Like, right. Oh. And the second you mentioned like, Oh yeah, I just moved here two weeks ago. You do suddenly everyone who maybe didn't have interest in you suddenly you're like, Oh yeah, really? Why'd you move? Yeah. From, from yeah. California. Are you an idiot? Like you left the boat, you know, like, and then suddenly they have a, you have a reason for people to talk to you, which is helpful when you don't know anybody. And, yeah, it, and, and, but again, that that kind of fades over time because once they find out like, oh, if you live here for five years and you're not interesting anymore. But yeah. yeah, no, ex exactly. <laughs> I, I kind of do miss those times a little bit because it was just super weird and exciting. But but the thing is, I actually got to a point, it was maybe around like four or five months where I got exhausted telling that same story over. I don't know if it yes, happened I'll, to you. No, I was about to say that. The like, same story of like, uh, you know, yeah. First I was in Vienna. Then I did, like, cause it's like, it's just a repeat. You just, cause you say it like three to four times a week. Right. And I just say, listen to a podcast. It's all on there. <laughs> yeah, but this is like, we didn't even have the podcast. Yeah, no. you know, it's just like, but yeah. It, yeah. Telling everyone. Well, first was like, where are you from? Rhode Island, New York? No. 
And then what made you move here? I told the same story. I love the story. Yeah. But we tell it again. Like, it's great. People are interested, but it does get, you know, it kind of loses its meaning after you say it enough. And it's just almost like not even your life anymore. It's, it's like this story read in a book or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, kind, it, it yeah, kind of, I, I, yeah, I do know what you mean. Yeah. yeah it loses its, um, I don't know. It's uh charm. Charm. Yeah. I Maybe. It, it, it to you. I mean, to them, not, but like right, right, to yourself. Cause you repeat anything enough and it just becomes. It's like, like, it's like you say the same word over and 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 yeah. over. See that? See what happens there? Yeah. It just sounds weird. Uh, again, at the end, again. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. But like when when you were first here, now because you, you you mentioned you tried you tried the old classic American way. Um. You like went by yourself to bar, just like, hey, I'm gonna meet some people, and it never right. really worked out. Yeah, like, yeah. Where did you find that it was actually easier to connect with people? It was it was mostly through work, or I think through um. Again, I think I think I mentioned this before, but through language classes and yeah, work. I mean, lo- most of my yeah, like most of my really close friends are through work, and I'm lucky to work in a. I mean, you think in a kindergarten you work with a lot of like older people, but I actually work in a kindergarten where like the average age is probably now like thirty, probably thirty two. Yeah, yeah. So when I first worked there, you know, I was a young kid. I was twenty two. Everyone else was you know older than twenty two. So I was I was like the young kid coming in with super green. But I met a lot of people in my first few months there that are still my friends to this day. Shout out to Misha right there. Nice. Your girlfriend, Marlies. Yeah. You know, one, another one of my best friends right there. Through work. I met a lot of, like, a lot of my friends through work. Uh, also through language classes. And then like, and then eventually through friends of friends. And, and then you start kind of building your own little web of, of, of community that you have. And were you the kind of guy who could put yourself out there? I mean, like, like say you're at, you know, it's like day one language course and you start talking to somebody for five minutes. Were you, would you be the one who'd be like, Hey man, you want to grab a beer after this? Or were you still kind of like a little shy and didn't quite know? Like- uh, yeah, I, I am definitely one of the people who puts themselves out there. But more like, I remember when I was getting taken to parties, I was always down to go. And yeah, it was awkward, but I always try to like... Because it's better than just, not going. Right? Yeah, yeah, just yeah. try to join conversations and, you know, uh, maybe, I, maybe I was annoying. I don't know, but I always went out. And I remember a German class, I think it was... I remember, you know, you're trying to like look people up and down and be like, all right, you cool, you cool, you cool. You know, looking around the room... German class goes on. You try to see the personalities a bit. Sure. And I think it was after one class, I was like, anyone want to get a beer? And two dudes came with me. And then one of them, I'm still hanging out with to this day. Nice. So that's pretty cool. I think, I think that's what happened, but I don't know. It was like nine years ago. Yeah. I didn't make any strong connections, but yeah, I had a, like my first, um, the first girl I dated, or I met through, um, language school as well. And, oh, yeah. but like, yeah, a few of the people, I don't know. Like I, I, for some reason, like a lot of the classes I had, had very shy people in, in the classes, so like even when I invited people to, to stuff, it was hard to get people to kind of break out of their shells. I think the trick is, is like find any British person in German class. Brits like to go out. The Brits are outgoing. Brits are fun. Yeah, yeah. It, it was at least, okay, you had somebody to hang out with once here or there, but no, no long lasting relationships. But um, one thing I, I do remember with parties though, I don't know if you experienced this, was as time went on, one of the main questions, especially if it was Germans at the party, you'd show up. And then of course they'd realize, okay, you're not German. You're not speaking German. What's going on here? And then, and one of the questions they start asking you is like, how long have you been in Germany? Now, if it's like three months or less, they're cool with it. Anything over, (laughs) over, anything over three months. And as time went on, as you, the number in your answer got higher, the like condescending look got worse. (laughs) Basically like if you say like, oh, I've been in Germany for a year and you'd be like, I look at you like, okay, then why aren't you fluent in German yet? You know, like, like they look at you like, why are you, you know, like, especially two years, three years. I don't know if you ever got, it was like the, this disapproving look like, oh, well, then why are you talking English? What are you, you know, like, like I, like, I like never, you, I don't think I ever got that. That happened honest. to me a lot. Really? Like, yeah. And as time went on, 
the look got worse and worse because like the they in their mind that your uh, excuse the amount of excuses you have is less and less you know what i mean which is fair i guess sure yeah. sure now um okay so socially yeah you're in germany this thing's happening but then you need to get like your visa we've talked about visas extensively before but, and, and we're not going to get any specifics about what documents need or anything like that because that no. changes month to month. Yeah, that you, it's all on the internet somewhere. Yeah. But uh, I remember like my first few times going to the foreigner's office. The well, formerly known as the Ausländerbehörde. Now known as the Standesamt. Nope. Landesamt für Oh, sorry. Landesamt, sorry. For Einwanderung. Yeah. You have wedding on your mind, don't you? I do. <laughs> and I went like, the fr- I think one of the first times I went was with a guy who my friend had like was kind of together with mm. but like not like together together but like kind of together hanging like, out you know hanging out and no labels no labels i think and yeah he actually came with me to the foreigner's office uh waited with me for like three hours and helped oh, me oh everything. you asked him for translation or purposes or what i asked him just be like i don't understand german oh, i need yeah. you to be here to help it's me fair. yeah yeah get translate and god bless him uh he came with me, super nice, and helped me through that. One time, I took um, a, a coworker who's not a teacher, works like in administrative stuff. I was like, "Can you come with me?" And she came with me once. Like sometimes, just went up alone and kind of like try to figure it out by myself. Sure, yeah. Just so many different ways to go, and but you always feel more comfortable with someone because one, it's boring and you're alone, and two, having that translation is helpful. But sometimes you just gotta, you know. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps and go by yourself without having no German and kind of figure it out. And it, it can work. It's fine. Totally. Yeah. Like the last five or six years, I'd say I go by myself because like my German yeah, now is enough. I don't have to go anymore. Yeah. So yeah. But the last sure. few times I'm with myself, not a problem. I'm talking about the first like two or three visas. One of my first like two years, I had three visas. Uh, sure. I had a, yeah, I definitely Which is fair. To go with me. A lot of people do that because they're, they're slowly trying to change it yeah. now. But back when we did this, like a decade ago, they were basically not allowed to speak English to you, even though they know you've just moved to Germany. And so you're not going to speak. It doesn't make any sense. Like this is the foreigner's office. You are foreign. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you're giving them documents so you can stay living where you want to live. So it's incredibly stressful because if they deny you, you're out. You have to leave. Yeah. Especially if you've been here one or two years, you have a life, you have a girlfriend, whatever, like they're and they kind of on a whim decide depending on their mood and it, it could totally affect your life. But yeah, the first time I went um, because what I decided to, what I, what I knew was what, what's the easiest visa to get is the language learning visa. Right. Basically you have to just show that you've booked some language learning courses. Easy. Crazy. Um, so I did that because I was like, and then while I'm doing the language learning, then I'll look into the looking for work and I'll, you know, let leave that for later when I'm, when I'm now settled and legal, you There's know, like 60 visas. Yeah. yeah. Uh, luckily as an American, we're very lucky. We can, we can apply after arriving in Germany and we're allowed three months in Germany before we need to get an actual visa. Like, right. You know? um, so I did the language learning one and I went in by myself, which is probably not the smartest idea, but like, it, and it okay. But I went by myself and sure enough, and again, I, I, I've come to Germany to learn German and she is speaking German to me, of course. And <laughs> so, so wild, yeah. like you're there to learn it. Yeah, and I've, that's why I've moved to Germany, and it's like the first question or two, I'm like kind of getting a lot, you know, I'm kind of, but then she gets this question that just like has no words that are similar to the English versions of them, and <laughs> I have no idea what she says, and she just repeats it three times, like, duh, da 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 you know, like, why aren't you, and I'm like, I, sorry, I don't, I don't know German, and she's like, oh, and then she, and then she's kind of just going like, well, 
like I don't know what you said, but what is this a foreigner's yeah. office or something? <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you said, but like her body language was like, oh well, then this isn't gonna work out for you. Kind of like, <laughs> um, and she's just kind of like, hmm, I don't know, and keeps talk, trying to talk to me in German, and then her colleague comes in to grab a piece of paper, and he's kind of overhearing this, and then at some point he turns to her and he just goes, and I, again at the point I don't know what he said because I didn't speak German, but he kind of like with a smile on face like points at her, then points at me, and she kind of she kind of gives this like look of like, come on, just like. Don't be you a know. dick. And then she goes like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she's like, okay. And then she gives me the visa. And so the only reason I got it was because her colleague, who was nicer, walked in and happened to have over here. And he kind of, um, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's, it's all about their mood. But anyways, yeah, like, I think the next time I went, I, I brought uh, my German roommate. And I was like, can you, the guy I knew I'd known for like a month, I'm like, can you like take time off work and come with me just for this thing. Like it'd be so great. And, and again, sometimes you don't even end up needing them, but just knowing they're there as a backup. The emotional case. support is, is enough to make you feel better. And so, yeah. And that, and that is stressful because, but once, then once you get the visa, you know, okay, at least for the next, however long your visa is next year, two years, whatever, like you're good. And now you can actually just focus on being and living and kind of just seeing what Germany's all about. Right. And I mean, yeah, exactly. Until those like three months before you need a new visa pop up. You're like, I need a visa in three months. I gotta make an appointment now. I gotta go right now. I gotta figure it out. And it's all like this huge stress in a minute. And then, and then, and then you get it and you calm down again. And, and then, then a you few months later, especially in the beginning where it's like, I think in the beginning I had to like every year renew my, for, for like two years I had to renew. Then it, they became two year visas. And, three, and that, that year, it just seems like to go by so quickly. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. Yeah. We were like, I feel like I was just there and I have to apply again. What, you know? Um, but yeah, but then eventually um, you did get a job, right? Well, yeah, to, like, to get a visa, to get my visa, I needed a job first. Oh, true, true, true. Okay. So I, I yeah, the, the first job that uh, hired me, I've been with now for almost 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I mean, obviously it worked out. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I, I like working there. It's just, it's just wild to say all out because it doesn't feel like it's been that long, but like I'm 32 now and that's weird. So yeah, I got, I got a job there. Loved it. Got my visa six month, then one year visa, then a six month visa, and then like a two year, then a three year and now I'm unlimited. So. I feel like it's kind of things like this, like uh, making real friends, getting a job, getting kind of a long-term apartment. These are the things that kind of really make you, so you're not just visiting, you know, Germany slash Berlin, you're living in that city. You know what For I mean? Sure. You know, well, I, I think mean, th those things like the bases, and I think like the real kind of first time you really feel like you live there is when you have like your own places. Yeah. You know, like your own like that one bar that you now know that you've been there a lot of times or like a street that you like to go around a lot or even like a, a district you go around a lot. Like to know like where this feels like home now, you know? And it takes time because I remember the, the, it's a long time. the first kind of like, I don't know, six months, year I lived here. You know what? I have, of course, people visiting me, you know, cousins, whoever visiting. But it was like, yeah, I lived in Berlin, but I again, like most of the first few months are wasted kind of on the touristy shit. And which it's fair. You got to do it. Trust me. Don't avoid it. You got to take care of that first. Absolutely. And, but then when they come to visit me like, Oh, where should we go? And I'm like, I'm like, you know, going on Google, looking up cool bars, Berlin, you know, like, yeah. cause I still haven't, I still don't know like what, what the cool areas are or whatever. And it's something you have to learn over time, living in different areas, visiting different areas, just being introduced to different bars. And it just, it takes time. So in the beginning you feel weird because you feel like, I've been living here six months. I should be an expert, you know, but you're, you're really not though, you know, cause like these cities, Tokyo, London, Berlin are huge. Yeah. And it takes time, you know? I mean, even now after almost a decade, there's still like, probably, probably some of them explored like 
65, 70 <laughs> yeah. percent of the city. It's just it's just so big, and it's like true. A lot of people stay in like their own district a lot of the times. I mean, we go out a lot of different districts because I work in different one, and you live in different one. That's kind of nice that we get to explore different districts all the time. And we actually have like our areas in those like three districts we hang out in most often, which is kind of cool. But um, I I think that when you have like your your own places, and uh, that's when it starts to feel like home, and it becomes like real solid connections with the city, right? You know what I mean? Like like when when you know things beyond what you can find in a Google search, then you're becoming a person who lives there rather than, you know, a tourist. You and know. you know how to get there without Google maps as well. Like, you're like, Oh, let me take you to this place. It might be a crappy place, but it's your place and you like it. And that's what matters, you know? Yeah. Yeah. In the beginning, you know, I started, finally got a bike and I started riding around and I got to the point where over time, it, cause I, I, especially when like in the beginning when I didn't know many people, like if I didn't have something to do that night I, or that day, I would rather, get on my bike and just kind of like ride around and like explore the city than doing nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah, so absolutely. I started doing that. And then over time it came to the point where like, I knew how this district connected this district and like, I knew, okay, make a left here and that'll get like, instead of having to use Google maps every time, you know what I mean? And over time that also, Oh, I know the city I live here. You know, like I live here. I'm, you know, like these little things that connect you more and more, you know, for sure. And, th and then it begs the question when, when does it feel like, like when, when did you feel like you, this was home? I don't think that's a question I can answer. It's hard, right? Um, cause it's still not a hundred percent home. It's maybe like ninety-eight. You know what I mean? Like I think yeah. I think as a foreigner, there's always kind of like that one percent. Even if you know if you're lucky enough to get to the level we're at, like and live somewhere long enough. But um, God, I I, I would say maybe my third or fourth year, I really yeah. started to feel like home because then I really the kind of like, what do you call it? Temporary friends, whatever. Like, you know, you move here and it's like out of desperation, like I'll meet whoever I'll hang out with whoever. Right. And then over time you meet people who are like, Oh, I actually truly find this person interesting. We connect when, when I have like a real, like solid group of friends and okay, I've worked here, and over after three or four years, like, okay, I've worked here. I've been able to pay my bills, you know, and not go broke. And you know, you know, I'm able to feed myself like so that gives you confidence. Like, I think that's the time when I start to feel like, OK, I live here. This isn't just like a like a three month fling. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's similar. For, I think it was around three or four years and all of that. But also, I think I started to feel like more home when I feel when I started feeling more comfortable in Berlin than I did back in Rhode Island in terms of the culture and walking around and true getting around and just just a general vibe of feeling of. I don't know. It's it's hard, really hard to explain. Yeah, when, yeah, yeah. Like last time, um, you know, I love going back to the States and seeing my family and that's still, of course, home. But when I get off the plane in Berlin, I start, you know, taking the U-Bahn back to my apartment. And like that, I'm like, all right, this is, this feels like home now. This is, this, you know, it, it, this feels normal and comfortable to me. And I think you know it. And I think it is around the three or four year mark because, you know, at first when you're going from the States to Berlin, Okay, you're leaving home to go to the new place. And then, but eventually it becomes when you're leaving Berlin to visit your family, you're leaving home. Yeah. You know what I mean? And when you're flying back to Berlin, you're going back home. And that switch does take a few years. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. And, um, and, yeah. and all those awkward things that you had on your first few weeks 
now become like the reason, the, the comfort that you love. The, the things that are, you just can't be without, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, like, even uh, oddly enough, when I'm in the States, I feel weird not speaking German sometimes. Like it's so nice to speak my native tongue all the time. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, I need to speak German. I don't know. Like it's it's, it's it's so part of my life now that it's weird to go like seven days without speaking German at all. Sure. Yeah. And like, and in those, and when you're new to the country before you've learned the level of German you have now, one thing I just remembered is, and to now, and even nowadays to an extent, is like you have to have a lot of trust in people because yeah, absolutely because your level of German, you know, I mean, language is super important to daily life. Like you get a letter from, um, the government. Don't know what it says. You get a letter from your insurance company. Don't know what it says. Um, you have to call this guy. Well, I can't cause I don't speak German. Like, and so it, it's like, it's a lot of, if you're lucky enough to have friends or a girlfriend or a boyfriend, it's a lot of, who are German. It's a lot of trusting people and saying like, I'm sorry to do this to you, but could you call this person for me or, yeah, or can it, you, can you read me this letter and tell me what it says and help me dr draft a response? Like you are very, you rely on other people. You rely on other people. Yeah. Which you have to get, you have to be comfortable with because you're going to need it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a really good point of what we probably should have mentioned towards the beginning of this episode was, uh, you're, you're one in, in one aspect, you feel like you're more independent because you're, you know, you are by yourself, but another aspect, you're kind of less independent because you need, other people to get by. Yeah. And I'd say in the beginning, I was really trying to do it on my own. I didn't want to bother people. I'm not that kind of person, you know, like, right. But you, you need, you need, eventually I got over it. It takes a village. Yeah. And life got a lot easier when, you know, you're at language class, your language class or whatever. And you'd ask your teacher, like, can you read this real quick? Or, and the worst thing somebody can do is say no. Like, um, or yeah. even like you, you know, you said you brought a friend, Hey, can you come with me to my visa appointment? Or you know, like you got to put yourself out there, or else you're, you're gonna have a tough time of it, especially in the beginning. You know, a hundred percent. Yeah, and in that, you know, that that home feeling is, it's really cool. It's a really cool feeling to be like, hey, hold on a second. Like I I left four years ago, however long it was, and now like this is this is now home. Because you also feel like it's weird. You've made a success of it because also moving yeah, yeah. moving abroad. You kind of, if you, after three months, I would, you kind of feel like a failure. Like, I didn't do it. Like, I wanted to live abroad successfully for a few years and return when I want to return. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you don't, want, you don't have that story of like, I went and couldn't quite figure it out. And then, you know, because then you feel like I didn't really give it a proper go or whatever. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like when you get to that point of feeling like it's home, it is great because in the beginning, you have a lot of times of you question yourself because you feel like you don't belong and you feel like, why did I leave home? Why did I leave my family? Why did I leave my friends? Yeah. Because, because you have those random days where like, nothing's working out. I've been looking for a job for six months I, and I'm running out of money. I don't understand what this guy's saying. You know, like, yeah, yeah. you know, so like, we, is, we is, the, is the European magic work worth all of this bureaucratical and just annoying shit all the time? Yeah. And that's because that's the thing that all moving abroad movies skip. Yes. Yeah. It's the fucking red tape, the logistics, the documentation, the, that, they only show the fun stuff of it because yeah, Emily, Emily yeah. in Paris. Or whatever. Where, where's, where's, where's your visa appointment? Huh? Where, yeah. Yeah. Emily like, in Paris. Yeah. So anyways, I want to go to your point. Like when you do finally feel that you, you do feel at home, you feel like, wow, like you've earned it. Cause yeah. like, it, cause it, it, it's, it's, it, it's not easy. I mean, again, for some people, jobs fall in their lap, friends fall. I mean, you, I mean, well, you found you found your, your life partner the first goddamn day you moved here. <laughs> So, so certain, so certain people are, yeah, lucky, that was are just, luckier than others. That so. was very lucky. Yeah. yeah um, I, I count my, count my stars. 
my blessings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so again, so that's why, like, don't listen to our stories and think uh, you're also, it's also going to take you this long. Cause for some people, it, it's super quick. Some people, it's longer. It depends on luck and situation and, and how much you put yourself out there. Like, you know, 100%. I, actually, Jeff, I think that is a great, great area to end that. That's a great. A gray area, a great area. <laughs> Not saying words. <laughs> you had say you just spoke like such nice wisdomatic words to end the episode. So I wanted to say, you know, well done, and that's a good spot to end it. But I totally butchered that. So you Jeff, see, in fact, you ruined. Yeah, I ruined your the, great the beautiful conclusion that could have been. It's the whiskey. It's the fifty percent whiskey. Which is, I mean, it's not a joke. I from forty-five to fifty. That sounds like five, only five percent, but five percent. You feel it. Alcohol terms, you can feel that. Uh, you can definitely taste it. Uh, not in a, in a slightly bad way, but we'll talk about. Again, this is the Ritten House Straight Y Whiskey. Straight Y Whiskey. It's like a baby. <laughs> this is Ritten House Straight Y Whiskey. <laughs> it's one hundred proof. <laughs> Which is, of course, how. Me and Alex were talking out of the womb because um, that came out. We have we have never had milk, just whiskey. Hello, world. (laughs) So this is the the Rittenhouse straight rye whiskey, (laughs) bottled in bond under U.S. government supervision. I gotta look that up. What is this crap? I I honestly is this anything? It it seems like something that you put on the bottle to sound good. Um, I think it means like like in every alcoholic, the government obviously tells you you know what you can and cannot do with. So, So so you think the other distilleries. They follow these same requirements. They just don't feel like putting them on their bottle, probably. Right. This, maybe this is like trying to advertise towards like the, these people like want to be, you know, military people. Like if these are legal requirements, then of course everybody's doing them, right? Like, right. So, so it's not like, oh, you're such a saint because you followed the law. But <laughs> you know? but maybe they don't meet the strictest requirements that the Rittenhouse does. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it doesn't matter. But you know what? The bottle doesn't matter. What matters is the, the li- inside liquid counts. inside. Yeah, literally. Literally what's inside the bottle and how it feels inside me. No, no. <laughs> yep, yep, nope. yep, yep. We're keeping that. Oh, God. We're keeping it. Cheers. <laughs> Jesus. You know, as you're saying something, you realize it's wrong, but you, like, can't stop your words. It's, it's not wrong. Like, it's yeah. just not appropriate. You know, it's like the, the, the car is moving, and you're, like, putting the brake on. You're like, nope, can't stop it. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> How does it feel inside you? <laughs> I've never wanted to hear you say that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and especially not... With these headphones, so it's like you're whispering into my ear. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, but I mean, in all honesty, okay, we've, we've talked smack about the bottle, but um, it's good rye. It, it is really good rye. Let's get, let's get down to the real stuff. The yeah. whiskey, it's good. The, the whiskey is good. It, it is. It is definitely sweet, but it's got a big bite at the end, which I think comes from that hundred proof. <laughs> it has to the hundred proof. Yeah, the alcohol content in there, so it definitely like kind of slaps. It wakes you up, like put some hair in your chest, but it, it, it but it still has like that rye sweetness in it that I really enjoy from a rye. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, it's, uh, hmm, it's not like, and God, how many times have we said this? But it's it's like not a special rye. It's not like a rye that I'm gonna remember for the rest of my life. But it is a very it's a, it's a quality, tasty rye. Absolutely, yeah, it is. Um, it's hard to judge though. Because there are lots of ryes that I think we've had that don't have that bite, but the bite kind of is part of it, which I which I kind of do like about. Like sometimes there's so much alcohol, it just tastes bad. This punches you in the face, but I feel like in a good way. I, I, in the past few whiskeys, we have been missing a nice burn, and yeah. so I'm really excited that it's back. I just I'm wondering what it, at what cost, because with this fifty percent, because you know because you can get there's some ryes that have the burn 
but for like 42, 45%. Mm. So I'm just like, you know, with this, they're sipping it over an evening. Um, you're not going to last that long because yeah, this, um, is, this isn't a whiskey. You're going to break out in the middle of a party. Like no. after a few beers deep, like, Oh, I want no, a whiskey. No, no, no. no you're not going to yeah. no. You know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to go with my gut and give it like a 7.6. That's what my gut says. Very specific. 7.6. Mm. I want to give it 7.8. All right. Cause I feel like eight is slightly too much. But 7.8. So this, this is a, yeah, it's a very solid. It is very solid. Rye. And I, from what I remember, it's not too crazy expensive. Um, so I, I think for the bang for the buck is pretty good with this rye. So this, this could be shelf worthy. Yeah, true. We haven't done shelf worthy in a long time. <laughs> forgot about shelf worthy. Right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, th- again, thank you to James for the, for this, uh, for this bottle. Yeah. Thank It's, it's this really bottle good. bottle in bond, I should say. Um, and, yeah. And again, the fact you took any time out of your day to ship us a bottle of whiskey f- for you and for anyone who's done that, I mean, the past three bottles of whiskeys we've had in the show, we didn't pay for, and, yes. and we're not from sponsors. So um, you all that, are, that's amazing. Yeah. Th- so thank you so much, you everyone. Too, you guys are too good to us. Way I mean, too good to us. Yeah. We don't do anything, and you just give us <laughs> shit. This, what, um, what a good deal we have. Uh, I mean, yeah. I almost, I almost said best job in the world. It's not a job, but you know what I mean? Like, If this I was mean, a job, it'd be the best job. <laughs> we come out, we hang out, we talk to you guys, we drink whiskey. and We connect with a lot of people all over the world, which is amazing. So we're, we're very appreciative. And uh, yeah, thank you again. Thank you for listening. I hope. Oh, uh, quick reminder. Quick reminder. Don't forget, guys, February. Oh, boy, is it going to be a special month? Oh, it's special. It's our three-year anniversary. We have four. That's every Wednesday of February, a special episode with sometimes special guests planned. And Ooh. just specialness in general. Ooh, I'm excited. It's going to be fun. Every yeah, every Wednesday is going to be freaking um, just hitting it hard. We're going to hit hard on Wednesdays. Including a live episode <gasps> somewhere in there. So guys, stay tuned because, um, you know, the live ones are the fun ones. Yeah, for all of you who missed our 100th episode extravaganza. Oh, that was, man. That was, that, was, that was fun. It like, it, it, if, if like a comet just like hit us immediately after fi- finish the episode, like it wouldn't be like the most terrible time to die. That's true. You know what I mean? You'd be like, that was just, that was just solid fun. That was just good. So if you missed that, that was a live episode on Instagram live. We could ask us questions. We can interact. It was, it was a really, really fun time. So, uh, we're going to do that again. So if you missed it last time, you can make it this time. So stay tuned for dates. So you guys dates. remember we're to, going to on tour. <laughs> um, should we, we should go on tour. Oh man, if we had the money to go on tour, that'd be freaking awesome. Someone, someone make us a we do, do a live podcast. That would be pretty sweet. Anyways, everyone, we can talk about this after Jeff. Let's let's. Um, we should could be our tour manager. Can we turn this off now? Okay, everyone. <laughs> 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 uh, everyone, please stay safe, stay healthy, and stay thirsty. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Oh boy. <laughs>